Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, and once again give us new eyes, new ears, new mouths, a new heart. Bring us through the word into contact with the word and help us receive him by faith so that we would lean on him and rest in him, that he would be our soul's rest. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to reflect briefly this afternoon, giving you maybe uh, what could have been the first sermon, or another version of the first sermon on Sunday. Uh, The Old Testament lesson and the gospel in our lectionary are very, very often related. But the resonances between these particular passages are just amazing. Think Think of Jesus casting out a mute and deaf spirit, and then listen to these words, a mute spirit, right, one that... Uh, does not enable someone to speak. Or a deaf spirit, someone who cannot hear. But this passage in Isaiah says, The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. What's so fascinating about this scene that we see Jesus healing this mute and deaf spirit is that it's refracted back from this Old Testament passage. This is a servant song. It's one of those unique places in Isaiah where we see a glimpse of what the Messiah will be like. And so it's fascinating that when we get to the gospel and and Jesus is doing all of this stuff, what we're really coming into contact with is the spirit-empowered Messiah of Israel who was promised from long ago. Right? So that's... That's what is going on when we meet Jesus. When we meet Jesus, he imparts to us his own life. See, if we, if we understand this servant song as Jesus speaking, listen, the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. This idea is... Jesus himself in relationship, eternal, perfect relationship with his Father. He is the one that has the tongue we need. He is the one that has the ears we need. And he is the one who is taught by the Father and from whom we receive our instruction by God. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. This is is one of those hints where... Jesus is the one who, in the incarnation, becomes the human par excellence. The human that we all need to be but cannot be. Because our tongues are bound, our ears are stopped up, our eyes fail, we are blind, as Gary said two Sundays ago. Scripture has this this vision of humanity that is blind in itself and mute in itself and deaf in itself. But then comes on the scene the great Messiah, the the servant of the servant songs who says, in contrast to all of other humanity, he says, God has given me the tongue of those who are taught. And so Jesus, as the human par excellence, he gives us not only a new tongue, but his own tongue. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. When Jesus gives us, spiritually speaking, new ears It's Jesus' very ears that are given to us. When Jesus gives us 
new eyes. And so we see things differently. It's that Jesus' eyes, in some sense, are mystically shared with us, given to us. See, we find our true humanity in him. We find everything we need, all of the pieces in ourselves that are lacking, all of those places in ourselves that are corrupt, are taken up in Jesus and offered to the Father And when we receive him by faith, everything that he is, is given to us. See, this is actually in this servant's song. It's fascinating. Verse 6, I give my back to those who strike, my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. That's the, the crucifixion. And this is just one of those places where we see in very piecemeal form what is coming for the Messiah. This is the third servant song, the, the last servant song, the, the famous one. In Isaiah 53, right? That's where we really see this image of the crucifixion. But it's right here in Isaiah 50. But so is the hope of the resurrection. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? This is, this is where Paul is getting all of his theology his language about what's called justification. Notice that that this is a courtroom setting. A vindication is something that happens in a courtroom. A declaration of guilt is something that happens in a courtroom. The image is that on the cross, Jesus is in the courtroom of God and he is declared guilty in our place. And then the resurrection vindicates him. It's it's this sharing in Christ in the cross in his resurrection that lets us come into the courtroom unafraid, come into God's courtroom and and wonder to ourselves, what's the the verdict going to be? And if we're by ourselves, if we don't have Jesus, our advocate, our lawyer, our defense right there next to us, then we should be afraid. But if we have him, we can say with Jesus as he applies himself to us, who will contend with me? Who is my adversary? Let him come near. Who who will declare me guilty? This is where Paul's getting this in Romans 8, right? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer is absolutely no one. All of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. All enemies that would cast accusations at us, that would remind us constantly of those sins and those failures and those things that we have done that we are ashamed of will be dispelled. We'll have nothing but a perfect understanding of Jesus' own perfect righteousness. And all of our fears, all of our guilts, all of our shames will be done away with. When we come into contact with Jesus, when we receive him in faith, this is part of what happens. The eyes that we receive are his. The ears that we receive are his. The mouths that we receive are his. And so we slowly and surely, gradually grow into being like him. But it's only because he is the servant in our place first. This is why I think the psalm reminds us so well of where we need to redirect our attention, where we need to redirect our faith over and over again. The Lord preserves the simple, the psalm says. I was in misery and he helped me. Here's verse 7. Turn again to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has rewarded you. 
The snares of death encompassed me, the psalmist says. The pains of the grave laid hold of me. I mean, here, I see trouble and sorrow. Here is the cross again. Here's the grave of Jesus again. And yet here's the resurrection again. The Lord has rewarded me, me being Christ, speaking in the Psalms, speaking through the Old Testament. But then what he says of himself, we can say of ourselves because of what he's done for us. Because he he endures the cross for us. He goes through the resurrection for us, lives for us. And so we, above everything else, can say to ourselves, turn again to your rest, O my soul. He has done it all. And then as we walk this weary life, as we encounter situations like this father in our gospel where the evil is still present where we are under all sorts of pains and accusations and assaults, we can look to where the psalmist does in verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The hope of heaven may seem far away, but it's not. Every time God's people gather, heaven opens up in some mystical way. And we can remember and know that we're all on the same journey to the same destination. That one day all of our accusations, guilt, shames, pains, tears, all of those will be swallowed up in living in the land of the living with our God forever. We can say to ourselves, turn again, O soul, to your rest. We can rest in Jesus and what he's accomplished for us and know that everything will be okay. Pray with me. God, our souls often forget. We get distracted. We get busy. We may get assaulted. We may understand, uh, experience trials, temptations, tribulations. But cause us now and cause us, as we come to the table to receive Jesus, cause us to turn again to our rest. Let us cease just for a moment from all of our striving, all of our worry, all of our anxiety. And simply remind ourselves of Jesus' salvation of us, for us. And the security we have in him, the promise of an eternal life with you, never-ending in the land of the living. And may that comfort our soul. In Jesus' name, amen.